Greetings, everyone. My name is Chris Hartram, and I'm the editor of Talking Book. We record and publish independent literature as audiobooks. Um, it's important. Uh, we're a 501c3 nonprofit, and we live in the fair city of Asheville, North Carolina. What we do on this show is talk to authors or publishers or great people uh, or just talking book gang members. Sometimes we shoot the shit, sometimes we talk about books, sometimes even potato chips. Um, it just depends, really. But uh, today I'm talking to Tiffany Scandal. Tiffany was one of the first authors we ever recorded uh, her book Jigsaw Youth about two years ago. That was awesome. She's awesome. That was back when uh, it was Blood for Blood. Um, but now Tiffany has edited and compiled a collection of essays with the fine folks at King Shop Press called Nasty. Uh, nasty with an exclamation mark at the end. It's a collection of essays by powerful women. Uh, the essays deal with you know, body positivity, sexual empowerment, um, overcoming, and uh, all the proceeds go to Planned Parenthood, which is, uh, which is fucking awesome. So get this book, um, Help Planned Parenthood, and here is Tiffany Scandal. This is all real. This is all live. None of this is live, but let's pretend it's live. Well, you know, it's it's uncensored. Yeah, it's uncensored. Unedited. It's extreme. It's, <laughs> it's uncensored. Raw. It's in your face. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, congratulations on the book. It came out today. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, super exciting. I feel like I've been working on this for a million years. Um, so for it to be out there in the world. Uh, feels very relieving. Um, but yeah, I guess Amazon decided to make it available for purchase yesterday. Oh, classic. They never do it when you want them to do it. No, I, like I was even saying that the release date was going to be today. Um, but I, I'm not able to check on how sales are so far. I guess that information will be available next week. But the book is already out of stock. That's great news, though. I mean, I, I saw that. I saw you posted that today, yeah. or you or, or Michael or somebody posted that, and I was like, hell yeah, that's mm -hmm. amazing. Did you figure out if it was uh, the book? It must just be like everybody's getting it. It must be, right? Well, I mean, that's, that's what I'm thinking. The book is print on demand, so technically it's being out of stock as a guy. However, uh, Amazon does this weird thing where uh, – It'll only say it has a certain number of copies in its inventory. And I think it just makes up some random number. And then whenever it goes through that number, then that's when they reassess how much they need to, they need to say they have. Uh, so, and for small presses, especially a lot of small presses, it's really easy for uh, books to be out of stock because Amazon just thinks that they won't sell as well. But had it been like some big name author who's on the New York Times bestsellers list, their book will never be out of stock. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So we'll see. I mean, it could have been that they said that they have 100 copies in stock and it all sold in eight hours. Or it could have been that they said that they had five and it sold all five, you know? Um, but and the, the ranking seems to be pretty decent 
um, considering, and the book did really well in pre-orders through the King Shop Press website. So, oh, that's so I amazing! Mean, Congratulations! Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Thanks. Well, let's say let's I, I, let's let's say people <laughs> listening to this don't even know what the hell book we're talking about because I'm like such a bad interviewer. I didn't even say it. It's called <laughs> it's called Nasty uh, with mm-hmm. an exclamation point. And uh, just give us a give us a little rundown about the book. Like, how did this start? What's what's the uh, what's the idea? Tell me a little bit about it. Sure. So, um, so Nasty is an anthology that uh, features. 19 nonfiction essays uh, by some of the fiercest women I know. Um, it originally started out as uh, the idea that I had um, was to collect essays from uh, women who have worked in the uh, sex industry and then um, and have, it, have, the, have them show their stories about being sex workers and being sex positive and, you know, fierce, strong, bold women. And then I realized that I actually know a lot of really powerful women who have not worked in the sex industry and have super awesome stories to share. So I, I kind of broadened um, what I was looking for and at some point had open submissions and let people submit the stories that they wanted to tell, as long as it fit the theme of um, being a strong woman who is not ashamed of who she is or what she does. Uh, And I received probably close to 100 essays. um, Wow. And it was really tough to try to narrow it down. And I, in fact, I think my budget was only supposed to allow for 10 writers. And... I apologized to Kazepis and said, I'm sorry, but I need 19. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but also, the thing about this anthology is that 100% of the proceeds are being donated to Plant Parenthood. Um, and we also offered to pay the um, authors for their work, um, which is kind of rare for a lot of charity anthologies. Um, but we believe in paying writers a fair wage for the work that they do. Um, and then we also believe in paying forward whatever kindness we can for charities that need help. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and parenthood definitely needs help. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. Now more than ever, that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So was the, um, this is an idea that, um, just a couple of you came up together and then, um, or I guess you, I guess you were looking for these essay, these specific essays and you realize like, maybe let's open it up to different sorts of essays kind of within this realm. And then the, the response was just crazy. You just got tons of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I was talking about this to a friend and cause I hit a roadblock. I, I had been taking essays, uh, from women before I opened up submissions. And then it got to a point that I had like four really good essays, but I felt like it got to a point that other stuff that was coming in was more or less the same story just told by a different person. And so in talking about this to a friend, I just realized like I, there are so many different stories that need to be told. And the, the thing about, 
feminism is it, it's not um, a lot with every feminist movement that has happened throughout history it's, they've all had their flaws and was always a group that always felt underrepresented um, by the movement and so even though there's absolutely no way to get everyone's voice and perspective in this in a book of this size with the budget that I have, um, I at least wanted this to be a sort of uh, introduction to conversations that people can be having. Um, and if people do enjoy reading about these conversations, maybe seeking out more. Um, because I, I honestly don't think that I can uh, put together a anthology to accommodate everything that needs to be covered. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's not possible. I mean, were there other, I know, as you said, you know, you want people to keep talking about this stuff, but I mean, is there anything, I feel like this is such a great idea that there must be other things that I'm not thinking of, but I mean, I guess there's there's totally so much more that could be covered and there, there could be even more perspectives thrown in there too. Like I, um, I try to get a diverse table of contents to try to have as many voices represented as possible. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, there is, um, you know, we have an indigenous woman, we have a few African-American writers, we have, um, you know, a woman with, uh, who is down to a wheelchair. You know, we have many, many different kinds of women in this. Can we edit that part out? <laughs> For this? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. I was, I was trying to articulate my answer, and I was like, no, I don't like how this answer is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. This is all live. This is all raw. This is all in your face. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was trying to get a diverse table of contents for this anthology. Um, and even for as diverse as I was able to get with this anthology, there's still some voices that still aren't represented in this book. And it's not, uh, you know, I, I wish that I had the budget to allow for even more people to be in this. Of but course. This yeah. Book, yeah. If it does as well as I think it might be doing, um, then who knows? Maybe there will be other volumes to follow. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great idea. And, I mean, just, I guess, based on reality, um, that there's no way you could have, you know, in one anthology, this first go-around, like, literally everybody represented. So, I mean, this could be the beginning of, like, you know, an ongoing thing or other people trying to continue it or, or whatever. I mean, it's such a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, I mean, that's why, you know, generally, for the most part, you know, usually we'll do this, you know, m- mildly newish podcast with like a, um, with like a book that's coming out that like we're, we're doing the audio for it. But I was like, you know, because we did... Um, Jigsaw Youth was like one of the first things that we did with you. Um, and this, mm-hmm. this book, Nasty, is like such a good idea. I was like, well, we just got to talk to her anyway about this. Like, even if, even though mm-hmm. we're not doing like an audiobook of this specifically, 
like people should know about this so that you know it's helping Planned Parenthood and it's it's just such a we are experiencing operating difficulties please stand by Okay, yeah, we're back. Just wanted to uh, fix something uh, microphone-based. Let me just real quickly, um, let me uh, backtrack for a second and just go back in time uh, because, you know, when we when we did uh, Jigsaw Youth together back in the day, we, we didn't have, like, a lot of conversations like this. So I just want to really quickly um, get back into, you know, writer-wise. Um, mm-hmm. Give me a quick rundown before all this happened with nasty and editing this anthology, how did, how did you in general, uh, get into writing in the first place? Kind of, kind of, kind of travel back with me for a second. Uh, I've always enjoyed writing. It was even as a younger person, it was my go-to coping skill. Um, and so I, I used to write a lot of shitty poetry because I was angry and full of angst and thought that the world was garbage. Um, and so writing was what kind of kept me alive through my youth. Um, but I never took it seriously because my family was very adamant that I pursue um, much more conventional uh, employment interests. Uh, so they, they wanted me to get a degree in something that was not creative whatsoever. Um, so I, I went to school, didn't do anything creative there. I did social work for several years and then I got fired from one of my last gigs as a social worker. And it was just this, uh, I went into this really deep depression and started writing again and it felt really fucking good. Mm. And then, uh, I went to a writer's conference. Uh, I shouldn't say it was specifically a writer's conference. It was just kind of like a weird fiction conference gathering. Uh, it's called Cesaro Con. And there, yeah. 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 Um, and then there I got to meet a lot of, uh, really awesome people who write weird fiction and edit weird fiction and publish weird fiction. And, uh, I felt like I found my tribe and Hell yeah. so, yeah. And then from there they invited me to pitch book ideas and they set me up with an editor and I, they published my first book, uh, the following year. Wow. That's cool. So mm-hmm. what did your, you mentioned before, uh, your, your family might've wanted to push you into something like, um, more, you know, what you call maybe non-creative, what, what, uh, if you feel like saying what, what fields was, was there anything like Tiffany, you will be a doctor or an accountant. Was there anything specific? <laughs> uh, no, I, not so much that. I mean, my aunts went to college. Uh, my mom didn't, uh, my grandparents didn't. Uh, they just knew that, you know, after high school, you go to college. Right. And from there, you get some sort of office job. Um, so I think they just wanted me to get something that would offer a consistent paycheck. Um, yeah. 
and I, I do come from a very creative family. Almost mm-hmm. everyone in my family is musically talented, artistically talented. They, they all just, they all do something. Um, but they also know and have heard the struggles of many artists where, um, you know, art doesn't always pay the bills. Right. And they want their daughter to like not have those struggles, of course. So, yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So if, uh, you know, talking about your creative family, is there anybody that had any kind of, uh, you know, writerly background or roots that maybe it seeped into your, your head at some point? Uh, no, I think, I mean, everyone in my family enjoys reading. Um, that, that's, I, I, feel, like, I say, feel like that's a huge okay. thing. Even that is huge. Yeah. And reading was very big. We would have, um, I would have an aunt who would take me to the bookstore like twice a month. Um, if I got good enough grades, they'd buy me new books or they just buy me new books anyway. Um, but I remember my mom used to use books as a reward system. And I guess, uh, you know, there'd be a few times where she wanted to do her own shopping. She's like, get yourself a few books um, because books were what kept me happy. Also, um, my grandmother kind of writes though. Now that I think about it, <laughs> she she never really wrote fiction, but she always wrote to the newspaper every day. Huh? And, that's uh, kind of cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure that the Los Angeles Times has to have a filing cabinet just full <laughs> of her letters. Wait, like, what do you um, mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, writing, like, uh, com- say, like, talking to the editor, like a letter to the editor, or like, uh, like what? what all kind, of what? the above. <laughs> she. Uh, if she had a random idea, something that, uh, you know, they could be doing differently, she'd write them a letter oh, wow. or she'd write a response to an article that she read. Or uh, if, you know, whatever uh, politician had something going on, she'd, you know, write her commentary about this politician. And sometimes she would come up with these. Uh, I love my grandmother so much, but sometimes she comes up with these ideas that make no sense um, as to, like, let's hear the thing. She has this script. She scripted up this commercial I like where, where she was very going. obsessed. She was very obsessed with Joe Camel. Who is And it, it was. Joe Camel, the the uh, mascot for Camel cigarettes. No, totally. I said, uh, in a stupid joke wise, I said, who isn't? Like, who's not obsessed with Joe Camel? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I thought you were like, who is that? I was just like, oh, Joe Camel. But, uh, so, but it's a it's an anti-smoking commercial. Uh-huh. Okay, I like that this. That stars him for some reason. And she was so obsessed with, with this, and she had variations. And as soon as I learned how to type, I was the one that I was her personal secretary and typing uh, all of her letters for her. So sometimes she would send this, she would pitch this commercial idea and send it with the full script to like, you know, Barbara Boxer's mailing address for her campaign or like, you know, and just say like, you could use this for your campaign. That's amazing. And, and it, yeah, it's just like, well, what would Barbara Boxer want to do with this commercial for not smoking that features a smoking icon? <laughs> right. Man, what but, about, I mean, I'm sure that you've, this is, this idea has probably been bounced around in your head for years, but 
the first thing that just struck me is like this strange collection of like variations on this Joe Camel anti-smoking uh, commercial, like in prose form. Yeah. Like, like a, it's, that's a crazy yeah. idea. I love it. Yeah. No, she's, she's got a lot of really interesting ideas. Um, but yeah, it's having been her personal secretary from like the age of nine. <laughs> you know, it got to a point where I was like, we, we got to give this Joe Campbell commercial rest. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. But I'm pretty, one day, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make it out there in the world. I mean, Joe Camel's probably not doing shit right now because uh, you're not really allowed to advertise in that way. So that could be this way even Camel would be like, yeah, we're going to do that. And it's going to be this like weird way to make, you know, make us look like good guys again or something. I don't know. Maybe that would <laughs> Maybe that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so okay so what are you uh what, what are you working on now writing wise what's going on now what's coming out next with you oh writing wise um i have my fourth book in the works it is titled Fidelita. um and it's my biggest book to date so far, but it's also taking me a while to write because it's my biggest book. Yeah. <laughs> I've, everything that I've come out with before has been kind of short and punchy. Um, and so this is, this is my job at a actual big book. So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Um, how, how long have you been but, working on it? Uh, I've been working on it for like the last year. Awesome. <laughs> it's, you know, it's there. It's coming along. It's it's going to be really good. Um, but, yeah, I've been working on it for a while. Um, I have also, um, I have another book that I am going to be getting started on soon, too, for Yes Clash. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. They are obsessed with my grandmother, so I told <laughs> yeah. them that I I write a book about my grandmother. I feel um, like yeah, I'm I, I'm kind of I can't I kind of can't keep my my mind off her after the camel thing <laughs> myself. That makes I, sense. I wrote a, a little chat book, a little zine um, about her that was part of the Lady Box Books box set, the uh, second edition. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that chapbook was received very well. So my, my grandma definitely has a fan base. Um, so people who have never met her and love her already. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to write a book about her. Yeah, that's awesome. So when do you project that, uh, the book that you're, you're working on right now, this longer project, when do you think that might come out? Um, it might be coming out next year. Okay. So not, wanna, not too far away. Not too far away. Um, it, this is, you know, we're, we're going to be trying some, some new things with this book and see what, hopefully what we can do with it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to say a little bit more, but I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. Sure, it's going to yeah. be really good though. And it has great. an amazing cover designed by Matthew Rivera. Oh, sweet. Okay. That's great. I don't want to keep you too, too long away from, uh, the nachos that, that, uh, <laughs> that your better half probably already ate. But, uh, but, uh, do you think that, um, do, do you want to do a reading? Um, you know, we can record it afterwards. Of course you want to do a reading of the, uh, the intro though, maybe of, uh, yeah. of nasty. Yeah. 
I've, I've got it right in front of me. Hell yeah, that's awesome. You know what I was thinking? What we could do is, uh, you, you've got a little uh, audio set up there now, right? Because you're you're all set mm-hmm. up to record uh, books and stuff like that. What um, you just just as a segue that you know you recorded your book Jigsaw Youth, uh, you know, as an audio book, and uh, was that the first thing that um, that you had done like that? Because you know, obviously, I, I said, and then you emailed me saying that other people had said many times that. You know, you definitely have a narrator's uh, voice. Uh, was had you, had you done other stuff before Jigsaw Youth? I can't remember now. It was a long time ago. Nope. That was the first time I've ever recorded my voice at any capacity. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if uh, people who are listening to this, you probably can't tell from the um, the phone the phone call quality, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm super pumped about the idea. Um, Dave and I, who I actually, you haven't met Dave in real life. He didn't come to AWP, but he record, uh, he edits everything, and he's the audio engineer mm-hmm. and does all the recording and stuff. And um, yeah, he's. Uh, I told him about you know that you're you're excited to maybe record a book coming up, and we've got a lot of bu- bunch of titles coming coming out soon. And and uh, yeah, we're excited. We're excited for you to do something, you know reading somebody else's book because we've already heard you do a great job with that, with your own work, of course. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, cool. All right. Well, um, congratulations on nasty. Um, congratulations to King shot too. Um, uh, it's such a badass project and, uh, we'll just, we're, we'll keep spreading the word. Um, but, uh, yeah. Awesome. Tiffany. Great. Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll talk soon. Hopefully we'll hang out soon. That sounds good. Okay, talk soon. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Tiffany Scandal. I'll be reading the introduction for Nasty, a charity anthology benefiting Planned Parenthood, out now through Kingshot Press. My hope in putting together this book was that it would serve as a sort of primer for women's issues, an introduction for the uninitiated, and a fist raised in solidarity with those who understand. I also intended for this anthology to accomplish three things, raise a few bucks for Planned Parenthood, pay writers a fair wage for their work, or donate on their behalf, and provide a platform for women to share themselves. The response has been, to say the least, humbling. During the brief submissions period, I received almost 100 essays and almost as many messages of support and encouragement. Much of the writing was painful to read because of its immediacy or from drudging up long buried memories. While some pieces were so absurd or hilarious, they had me laughing for hours. All of them left me feeling inspired. Plant Parenthood, if you don't already know, provides affordable healthcare, sex education, and family planning. This is especially important to folks with little or no means, because even if you've got no money, no insurance, they'll still help you. When I was in college, the services provided by the university clinic weren't always that great or professional. Don't even get me started on a Plan B debacle I experienced. The local Plant Parenthood, on the other hand, always took me in and provided prompt pap smears, cancer screenings, STI testing, and patiently talked with me about birth control options because I used to get really angry in tense periods. Being broke like many students, it was a great relief that most of these services were provided free of charge. 
Because of this, I believe that it's important to try and help pay this much-needed help forward, especially as reproductive rights continue to be under attack across the country. I aimed to capture here conversations about race, gender, sexuality, means, and various other angles of struggle. And while these voices may be unified in their ownership of identity, in their individual nastiness, they're also at times self-critical and reflective. Feminism is a work in progress, and I try to make sure every piece of writing in this book underscores and is consistent with that interpretation. It was also important that this anthology feature work that is written exclusively by women. All too often, allies and advocates can unintentionally, and sometimes intentionally, shut women down without ever letting us finish speaking our side. In this book, you'll find no such silence. These women are telling stories only they can tell, uninterrupted. By having purchased this book that's in your hands, you've helped make that happen. And for that, I thank you. All right, everybody, that was it. Uh, That was my conversation with Tiffany Scandal, editor of Nasty from Kingshaw Press. All the proceeds go to Planned Parenthood. Uh, So go order it right now. Get off your ass, go to kingshoppress.com and get the book Nasty. Um, You can get it on Amazon as well. But uh, yeah, we got some cool books coming out. Uh, We have talking book, uh, audio stuff, about to drop recordings of uh, Henry Miller's On Writing from New Directions. Hour of the Star by Clarice Lispector, narrated by the very great Melissa Broder, amazing uh, writer herself, got a new book coming out. Um, and we're in the middle of Temporal by Troy James Weaver, uh, Disorder Press. So that's going to be badass, sounds cool as hell so far. Uh, but anyway, my name's Chris Hartram, and we're here in Asheville recording uh, great literature for future generations of psychopaths. Um, But do stop by whenever, whenever you're in the neighborhood. Talkingbook.pub. Talkingbook.pub. Okay, bye. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy Chasing sister squares I was lit Before I knew that you were there Like an angel Who has forsaken certainty Sleeping in the square I was lit Before I knew The storm was passing over And the wind blew